Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and Chavruta, Yerdena Azband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Ta'anit, daf Yud Zayin, page 17. So as we said, the Gemara here follows the Mishnah quite closely and develops what's discussed there. So we're going to kind of focus in on just a couple of points here, rather than go through the whole thing. Um, the part I want to talk about is a citation that says, Anshem Mishmar va'anshem ma'amad asurim l'saper ul'chabes. It says the, and this is from the Mishnah, right? It's prohibited for the members of the people who are in the Mishmar, the Kohanim who are in the Mishmar, or the Anshem Ma'amad, the non-Kohanim who also have a a turn, a, a, they cycle through on different watches. They are not allowed to cut their hair or to launder their garments. They can't wash their clothes. But on Thursday they can because it will be, you know, to have, to, to get pre- in preparation for Shabbat. My Tama, why is the why can't they do it otherwise? I'm a Rabbi Barachana, I'm Rabbi Yochanan Kedeshaloi Kansu Lemishmartam Kishahin Miruvalim. The reason they're prohibited from doing these acts of cutting their hair and washing their clothes in it the rest of the week is to make sure that they have done so prior to the fact try, prior to the time when they start the Mishmar or the Mamad. Right? Meaning if they were allowed to do it all through then maybe they would leave it the last minute or they would leave it till the next day or whatever it is. And then they would have to, they would start the Mishmar um, kind of in a unruly kind of way, right? Unkempt. So rather they're not allowed to do it during the watch. So that, which means then that they have to take care of it in advance. Tanarabanan, the sages learn, Melech, Mr. Per a king cuts his hair every day, right? Meaning that tiny little bit of growth of hair is enough to make sure that the king will cut his hair even just each once once per day. Kohen Gadol may erev Shabbat erev Shabbat. The Kohen Gadol cuts his hair every Friday. Kohen Hedyot achat l'shoshim yom. A regular, uh, a non-Kohen Gadol Kohen cuts his hair once every 30 days. Melech misaper b'chol yom. So now the Gemara goes back to clarify each of these cases. Melech misaper b'chol yom. The king cuts his hair every day. My Tama, why? I'm Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda. Amar Kra, we have a verse that says in the, in the book of Isaiah, Ishayahu, Melech inecha. The king in his beauty, um, you will see with your eyes, right? As, which means that you're going to see him in his beauty, then he has to always be looking his best. Kohen Gadol, Meir Shabbat, Lev Shabbat, Mai Tama. Why does the Kohen Gadol cut his hair or have his hair cut every Friday? Because that's the day when the watches are renewed and the way that each of them is coming in, you know, freshly cr- freshly kept. So too, the Kohen Gadol is going to make sure that he's also, you know, spick and span, groomed for the occasion. How do we know that a regular priest, a regular Kohen, cuts his hair every 30 days? Atya pera pera minazir. We learn this from the case of the Nazir. The Nazir, you'll recall, is the person who takes an oath to forswear. He doesn't cut his hair. He doesn't have great products. He doesn't come in contact with a dead body. And the the standard Nazir is a 30-day uh, prohibi- um, period of abstention. So the fact that then, you know, after that, we're, the Nazir is described as para, right? Kind of like wild, that his hair is going to be wild. So... 
So, so too here, right? We're going to make sure that he doesn't get to be the status of para. In Yechezkel, it says that about Kohanim in general, that they don't shave their heads. That, I think, is a non-Jewish practice. They don't shave their heads, but they also don't grow their hair long. So if it says para for the Nazir, and it says para about the Kohanim, who should not grow their hair long, and para for the Nazir, who, whose hair is you know, beginning to become long before he finishes his stint of the 30 days of Nazirut, so too, 30 days for the Kohen before it will be considered long. And that's a, a fairly strong, I would say, a fairly strong inference, right? Like, you're going to compare two cases and say, and therefore we know, so I think it works. Um, and then the Gemara goes on to talk about the Nazir himself, right, which is really beyond what I wanted to talk about because I'm most interested in this this Mishmar and the Ma'amad of the people who are serving once a week, um, I'm sorry, for full weeks, right? In stints of week of week long um periods in the Beit HaMikdash. And this idea that to serve in the Beit HaMikdash, you have to present in a certain way. And the standard is different for King and a Kohen Godel and a Kohen Hedyot, but all of them are, st- and, and, and for the random people, not random, but you know, the people who are selected to come for the various watches, everybody's got, got to be presenting themselves in a manner that it befits the the role. And it's interesting to me that all of this presumes short hair, right? It presumes short hair because we derive it from these verses that say it shouldn't be wild, it shouldn't be unruly, it shouldn't be long. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily know that if I didn't have the Gemara to tell me that this is, that the Kohanim's um, standard expectation or the expectation of the Kohanim is that their hair would be short. I mean, it's interesting, this whole parallel that they have, you know, also about, the drinking wine and the haircutting. Um, and I mean, you know, and what do Kohanim need to do to be ready at any given moment in case Mashiach comes? And we've seen this theme before of other different halachot where, you know, we do certain things. I, one is nothing's coming to mind right away, but we've seen this throughout all the Masaptot that we do certain things just in case Mashiach might show up or alienate. I don't know. I'd want to hear from like Kohanim if this is anything practically that anybody does today, but also sort of the, the statement that was sad that sort of was there's been such a disruption that, of course, they're really still allowed to drink um, because it's sort of been so many hundreds of years since they actually served in the temple by the time the Gemara is actually talking about this. Yeah, that is an interesting question. Right. I, I just don't know if anyone does anything practically, and I never heard of anything like that before. Um, I'm going to move on to the end, uh, well, kind of in the middle of Ahmed Bet. Um, and we get back to our, you know, favorite uh, topic here of Megillah Tanit. Kolakatuba Megillah Tanit, right? Anything, any of these minor festivals which are in Megillah Tanit are days can't uh, have uh, eulogies. Lefanabas, or uh, also the day before, Lacharab Mutar, but the day after would be Mutar. And so now uh, we have a um, uh, a Mishnah here, right? Tanu Ravanan, Ilan Yomaya, right? These days, the Lokit Ananabahan, that you cannot fast to them, fast on them. Umix Tahun, the Lolimisa paid Baham, right? And some of these are not even allowed to eulogize on them. So the first one is from Rosh Chodesh Nisan until the 8th of Nisan. 
um, right? The tamid offer, the tamid, the korban tamid was properly, um, uh, was properly established there. Um, uh, and therefore we are not permitted uh, to eulogize on those days. Okay, so what is this talking about? So again, this is a great example where the Gemara makes a statement of something and sort of assumes that we would just know what it is. Um, and so we know that basically the Korban Tamid was, uh, you know, had to be brought, it was brought from communal funds, right? Which was what the Machat Shekel, the half Shekel was. The Tzedukim actually thought that the Korban Tamid, right? So that's one of these, you know, the groups that the rabbis were fighting, the Tzedukim, um, that the Korban Tamid could actually be donated by an individual. And this is based on the interpretation of with the Tzedukim here. It's in Bamidbar chapter 28, verse 4, right, where the Pasuk says, Right, it says, one lamb, you will, one lamb you will offer in the morning and the second you will offer in the afternoon, right? So the idea of it being you in the singular the Tzedukim interpreted it to me that an individual could donate the Korban um, Tamid, right? But the the Chazal had a different way of saying it, of an, interpreting this, right? Where later on, uh, it says, Et right? My offering, my food, this is all God's offering, my fires, my, my satisfying aroma, you, which is plural, um, shall be careful to offer to me in its important time, right? So there, because it's plural, the Chacham say, no, it means it has to come actually from community funds. And so there was a period of time where there was a lot of back and forth with the Tzedukim, and it was at this beginning period of Nisan during, he said, that sort of the um, uh, the, the Chazal convinced the Tzedukim that they were incorrect in their interpretation, and the, the Korban Tami was purchased correctly and brought correctly, and that's what's being celebrated here. Um, then it goes on to say, um, Then from the 8th of Nisan until the end of Pesach, right? Um, uh, and then also, uh, and then the date of the festival Shavuos was settled. And so you're also not allowed to uh, have any hespedim on those days as well. So here, right, we know that the date of Shavuos is set as 50 days, right, after the Omer offering is brought. Um, and it's not on a specific date. It's not like it's such and such date and such and such month. It's that 50-day connection that is, uh, that is important. Um, and this is actually a very, very famous machlokas, right? It says that it needs to be brought basically on the, 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 the morrow of, of the Sabbath, meaning the second day of the Pesach. Right, which is, means the next day after the first day uh, uh, of Pesach, but it's referred to as Shabbat because the same restrictions of Shabbat apply to the first day of Pesach. The Baitusim, which was remember another group that we've talked about before, they meant that that Shabbat means it would be that first Sunday, so the, like the first Sunday of Pesach. So for them, Shavuot would always fall out on um, on a Sunday. This is going to be discussed at great length in the Gemara Menachos. And again, after some debate that happened between the Baitusim and the Chachamim, from the eighth day of Nisan until the end of Pesach, the Chachamim finally convinced the Baitusim of the correct way of doing it, of doing it. And therefore, these also were all considered to be sort of minor fast days, and you were not allowed to 
um, make any type of eulogy. I, I, this passage is interesting for a variety of reasons. First of all, they do not come out and actually say what the machlokas is over. Second, we pretty much have a pretty strong custom that some of our laws of mourning today in general in the time of Nisan are sort of a little bit more subdued when it comes to giving hespedim and things like that. And so I wonder if that's sort of where it comes from, that essentially the whole month of Nisan was in Megillat Tanit, right through the, the holiday of Nisan itself because of this one machloka with the tzedukim and one with the, uh, with the baitusim. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear that sort of it was considered to be a cause of celebration when sort of Chazal's opinion uh, was, uh, I, I guess, became the, you know, popular standard opinion, right? I would think that what would be in Megillat Tanid were sort of more experiences of something that appeared miraculous or somebody was saved, um, I, you know, to put this in a category but I guess if you're really trying to sort of protect a particular misora, then it does feel really like a joyous occasion when you convince others to listen to it as well. I think there's something that happens on this daf that happens really throughout Shas, and we've been paying attention to it in this, let's say, the interplay between the historical record, right? The things that happened, the different sects of, you know, that were present in the world at that time, you know. And then this, you know, I don't want to call it idealized. I want to say like the the plan of the mitzvot or the the practice of what it would have been in the Beit HaMikdash and what it is now, but now meaning for all time. And it's still this kind of, um, you know, this, this template of how things should be done as compared to that historical reality of the sects fighting each other and, and so on. And this is, again, is, you know, some dissertation or some multi-volume work type of thing of of analysis of how it is that one daf kind of dances back and forth between, you know, we're going to talk about the plan, right? Everything I talked about, the haircutting and so on, is the plan. Like, that is what is supposed to be done. And then, your Dana, you talk about, well, this happened in Miguelatanid, and this is the Baitusim, and this is the, like, all of these people who uh, who who had their own historical reality and it was manifest kind of in contrast to the plan um i don't have anything intelligent to say conclusive about this yet you know and maybe i never will but i feel like this is really an inter an integral part of the way the gemara works between this um even when it's not halachic right like w even if it's simply describing what what is supposed to be done as compared to let's say the strife or that kind of thing that that also is part and parcel of what was going on in the world at that time. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And again, right. I, I, I would want to see sort of other examples of this, you know, sort of celebrating a rabbinic victory as opposed to sort of what we would classically consider to be a, a miracle with God. I, you know, it, it's just, it's striking. And, and the fact that it's not explained is also striking. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.